Hello and welcome to the official PlayStation Magazine podcast. You are listening to OPM Minisode 4, I believe, which we have titled Clank Souls. Isn't that exciting? Yes. We're going to do another Q&A <laughs> special today, I think. Ben, Benny's laughing because something rhymes with clank and something rhymes with souls and we are trying to not let him <laughs> go weirdly off message circum- and filthy from the off. So, um, that, that, so that low-hanging fruit. Like, let's move on straight, straight away. Along the ground. Um, I'm editor Ben Wilson, acting editor Ben Wilson. Uh, and joining me today are uh, staff writer Jennifer Simpkins. Hello. And staff writer Ben Tyra. Hello. Staff writer and chuckle boy. Yeah. Chuckle boy extraordinaire. He can't stop. Uh, Ben's gone mad. So me and Jen will talk for a bit and then yeah. Ben can come oh. back in when, uh, when you're ready. ready. Uh, let's go straight into the questions because we've got a fair few to get through. Uh, the first question is from Dan on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at my name is Dan. And he asks, will the reception of Ratchet and Clank make other devs think about rejuvenating platformers from the past, a la Naughty Dog, Jack and Daxter? Um, who wants to Who wants to take it on? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, Dan, you're talking about the wrong Naughty Dog game, because it should be Crash Bandicoot 3 Warped. Ooh, controversial. Well, may- controversial? Well, not. Easily. I'm just saying controversial to roll you up. <laughs> it's the start of the podcast. Gonna, you know. I think everyone would agree that Ratchet and Clank 3... Uh, not Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot 3 Warped. Platform I have a real soft spot for Jack 2. Jack Aww. 2 Renegade. I know it was at the peak, goatee, dark, dark hero phase. Mm. A laughably dark hero phase. But it's, it's, it's really fun. I played it again over Christmas and I've got a very soft spot for Jack 2. But it is interesting because the reception of Ratchet and Clank has been much more positive than we thought. Yeah, well, it's, it's outsold Dark Souls 3. Uh, this week when we're having a look at the sales figures to be the best-selling game of the... Is it the week? Yeah, it will work. In the weekly chart, it hit number one. In the weekly charts, yeah. Which is crazy, but it's not really surprising because there's a lot of nostalgia factor there. Um, The pricing point helped as well. Yeah, it's incredible. Also, also, we should also say it's really, really good. Yeah, it is. It's it's such a... Talk about burying the lead. It's such a a quality reboot. Um, It's just like pinpoint spot on. Um, And yeah, I think it is going to inspire kind of... Well, I would hope it would inspire more. Like, there's clearly a huge market for it, like, both for, you know, new gamers, younger gamers and kids coming up and wanting a real quality, sort of fun, just a good time game to play. Um, And obviously all us lot who are old and wizened and want to... Yeah, and there's also that upcoming uh, sequel to Banjo-Kazooie coming out called Ukulele, which which then you are mega excited about, I believe. Yes, so excited about it. And, like, I I think this is the time now where with PS4 and, like, the new technology, it's time to sort of, like, take all of the charm that, like, somehow maybe I think got a little bit like lost in like nowadays and kind of the humour of Ratchet and Clank like the tongue-in-cheek like sort of innuendo and double entendre and the same with Banjo-Kazooie like just really really genuinely great humour for everyone like The Simpsons right like there's loads of jokes in there where you kind of get them on a different level if you're an adult but kids still love it um yeah and I I think there's a a a bigger trend of this happening now and I've how far do you go? Is there still a market for Sonic? I worked at Game um, a fair bit and up till last year as well. And one of the things that you'd see a lot of is that you'd have a parent come in and saying, why is there no games for my kids? You know, I've just gone this PlayStation 4, they've got FIFA, but I want to get them something and there's nothing for them to buy. It's all shooting. So I think one of the big things of Ratchet and Clank is, as you say, it, like it offers something for everyone, whereas Sonic is kind of kiddie-rific is what you're insinuating i want to say kiddie-rific i think sonic might have had its day are you like who who actually wants a sonic maybe maybe it should be like did you did you did you ever hear about the time when so baywatch in the 90s 
um, they brought out like a TV show in the evenings. It was called Baywatch Nights, and it was like the sexy side oh, of Baywatch. Yeah. Maybe this we need, is maybe the we second need Sonic, time on the need Sonic podcast. After Dark. Sonic Nights HD, you know, kind of <laughs> Sonic like Sonic After a, Dark. A, a, yeah, exactly. With oh, the hedgehog. Oh, Baywatch Nights <laughs> came up twice on this podcast <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, I just really like Baywatch Nights. <laughs> I've never, I've never actually seen it. I just uh, yeah, it's the I only think... example I could ever think of of something. A but, bit. Yeah, Tyra, I think you're right, though. I think um, like, especially the writing with Ratchet and Clank and I think in the new game anyway, like there's still a lot of like humour there that and, and kind of double entendre that might appeal to adults as well as kids. I think maybe Sonic sort of lacks that kind of perhaps universality, but... Um, but I mean, it's even stuff like Rayman Legends. I mm. think platforming is kind of having a very quiet resurgence, especially in the indie scene where you do get a, like a lot of platformers yeah. come through. Um, and it would be nice to see like more big budget, like big 3D platformers like ukulele, like Ratchet. Definitely, because uh, now I think, and um, having played the new Ratchet and Clank, I think 3D platforming now works much better, and it's kind of been reworked and designed. Where I remember playing old Crash Bandicoot games and Ratchet and Clank, and where you would kind of fail unfairly because of like controls or setups or like camera angles, and um, I think devs are really starting to address that now, and 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 that means there's it's a lot less torturous like some bits that they should be and yeah like you say it's just fun and uh it's nice for to have a game and it's amazing that it's selling so well a game that's just fun and not like how many people can you kill in the shortest amount of time which is fun as well but i mean there's been such a, a bent towards that game that kind of game um and and now it's just about oh bouncing around on planets which everyone can enjoy and like clearly everyone does to be fair mate i did like murder a lot of robots that's in that true. opening two hours There's quite a lot of robot murder but uh but our robots people do robots <laughs> dream of electric electric ratchets but they do uh they do like dance occasionally if you use the groovatron so maybe they die happy i like Ooh. to think well, the, <laughs> because that, there's a moment where in their minds they will realize that their time is up and they're about to die and <laughs> all they can do while they're doing like is do a little jig <laughs> Continuing the theme, um, Serena AF Trigger on Facebook asked, "Will we ever see Baywatch Nights HD?" The no, she doesn't. Really. <laughs> no. um, she asked, uh, "Where in where is the multiplayer in Ratchet and Clank?" Jen, where is it? I don't know. It's not there. It's not there. And I can understand why you think it would be because it. Imagine seems... the fun of you like being Ratchet and, and Ben being, being Clank, Clank, and then you could put the player PS4 on and play in game together. It'd be so much fun. I'm clearly a Captain Quark. Because there's, there's got the chin for there's it. There's like Clank bits <laughs> in the new game, and and there have been in the past games, obviously, where you kind of play as Clank and you do kind of the puzzle elements. And I think yeah, it could be a really cool co-op experience. Say if Ben was playing Clank and having to work out like quite a tricky puzzle while there was like pandemonium going on around, and I was Ratchet like trying to pixelize everyone while Ben works out the puzzle so we can get to the next bit that could be like a really a really great sort of contrast but and was there also Ratchet Gladiator as well in the PS2 era which was like online I never played Gladiator I never played Gladiator either but I, I'm pretty sure there has <laughs> been multiplayer in the past but I think I think the thing with this one like it was a back to basics mm. clean slate for mm-hmm. the series and that's why multiplayer is kind of although having said that how cool would it have been if you went for the um, hoverboard races and oh, instead and of AI it was racing great. other or like the dogfighting sections so yeah. you're in spaceships like taking down like really humongous like Blargian warships together that would be really fun yeah there's there's definitely room for it but yeah like you say it's such a playing it feels like such a quality sort of really streamlined slick experience a lot of the time um, not that there aren't sort of like bits here and there where you're like oh, why is this here um, but like so much of it is just yeah just pure plain and simple fun quality looks incredible like pinpoint like platforming and hand just handles like a dream it's so smooth um 
yeah, I so guess, you didn't I guess, feel it. You didn't feel it lacked for anything by not having multiplayer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I th- I think especially a local co-op could have been a really fun sort of element to try out with like Ben in the office stuff like that. Um, but I mean, it's always been about that core experience of that single player experience of platforming and finding all the collectibles and stuff like that. Maybe I don't know. Maybe in the future games, which I hope there will be now, and it looks like maybe there is kind of uh, room for that now and, and clamouring for that now as, as Serena said we should probably say at this point <laughs> that it is reviewed in our issue uh, or is. issue number 123 of official PlayStation magazine yeah that's our next issue which is issue. on sale on the 10th of May and we're going to have a special podcast coming out on that day um, to talk about some other things which may or may not be in the magazine that month hmm. A huge surprise seeing that Jane gave Ratchet and Clank a 5 out of 10 in the latest Mac. Yes. You wouldn't have thought from the yeah, way she spoke about it. We, well, uh, let's, uh, people will take that seriously. Yeah. Um, she didn't give it a 5, but to, uh, to find out what she did with it, you'll have to wait till the issue comes on sale. Um, I, I, but I'll tell you what else is in that issue, and that is also reviewed. That is Dark Souls 3, which segues nicely into our next question. Ben, you can have the honours this time. Yeah, so this is from uh, Ken Allsop, and he is at Ken, Y2Ken on Twitter. He asks, what would you like to see from Soft Tackle next? A Souls-esque game with a fresh twist, a new armoured core, or something else? Now, Jen, you have played a little Dark Souls 3. <laughs> right, I feel like I'm the one playing the games here, and you guys... I'm asking the questions. <laughs> you guys, come on. You hey, there's like... some good questions to come that you can ask us. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's that's true, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm the one in the office... You can ask Ben question four. Unfortunately, I, I have not I had time yet to play Dark Souls. I have played Ratchet. I will never play Dark Souls. That kind of rules Ben you out of never, this. Why will you never Too play hard. Dark Souls? That's it. That's just it. Too hard. See, but have I did, you, have be, you actually, I did. I reviewed, I reviewed two for right. um, another publication. Wow. And played it for like four or five hours. Uh, and then you reviewed it. Well, I had to do a, a, a... Essentially, it was a sort of part review. Do you remember? So OPM did a review where Metal Gear Solid's... Um, I think Meeks played it and he reached the point where he couldn't give a verdict. Right. Yes. So basically, that's so, yeah, what I had to do. Just, Finished, yeah. Just be, be honest and say, I like on the play. So I liked these elements. These elements are really hard. I can't offer a conclusive verdict. Uh, there's your, there, there's the truth of the matter. Uh, it's, uh, it's for me, um, just completely overwhelmingly difficult. And actually, this ties into. A, I don't want to say too much because uh, it ties into question number four, which is coming up. But um, yeah, I just, I just know it's not for me. Uh, really? Yeah, I'm too much of a baby. It, it, it feels like a real time investment, though. And I, I had this thing with um, Salt and Sanctuary as well that I reviewed in, uh, was it 121? Yeah, it's the sort of thing where at first I was like, why does anyone play these sort of games? Like, they must be criminally insane. Like, why would you do this to yourself? Like, you'll beat a boss and get, like, loads of salt or souls, depending on what game you're playing, and then you'll lose it all. Basically, this, like, stupidly unfair platform that you haven't seen that section yet, and then you beat a boss and you're like, oh, I've got all my rewards, and then you lose it instantly. And I was just like, this is so unfair, why would anyone play this? But I feel like there's a point where you get sort of a good chunk of time in, like maybe 10 hours, where, I don't know, you start to get maybe Stockholm Syndrome, where everything sort of starts to make sense. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so maybe your answer to the question is you want, you kind of want... um, Easy games. Yeah, a FromSoft, a a, a kind of... Charles game. A baby Dark Souls from FromSoft. Light Souls. Light Souls. Light Souls, yeah, Yeah, why not? Like, decent, decent times. Ben, yourself? Um, I like to see you make more video games, please. And thank you. No, I'm not really sure because I've never really like engaged that much with From Stuff stuff. I'm desperate to play Dark Souls Three, and I'll make time for that. But I think it's it's the problem that, as you say, there, it's such a massive time investment. Where unfortunately, um, with where 
with the way we work, I very rarely get the time to plow into the games I want to first play. World problems. I yeah. know it's the ultimate in first Too world problems. Too busy playing games to play games. I, well, this is it. Like <laughs> writing about games to play games. I was writing, and there's uh, other games that come up. Where with Dark Souls, it'd be the sort of game where if I was in college for a weekend, I would do nothing but play this game. Yeah. And you, I don't have that. And time I think now. there's something special about Dark Souls where it does kind of require some sort of time commitment, and I think that is special. But also, I I wouldn't rule out like FromSoft trying to tackle like a game that you know maybe is kind of a, a, a toned down version and there is maybe optional difficulty or surely like that some like... way to like break it up so that you could kind of hop in and out but one of the like because i was reading a Kez mcdonald's piece in kotaku this morning about why she wants dark souls 3 to be the last version of dark souls or at least for the time being and isn't it down to the fact that like, i don't think miyazaki wants to dilute what he made with that like he likes the fact that yeah that's true but very... like that's true but it's sad then to be sitting with two people who are like I don't want to play Dark Souls and I haven't got time to play Dark Souls. It's like, surely there's something to fix that because they are great games and they're really enjoyable and everyone makes like such a big deal out of it. It's so difficult. Whereas I'm like, yes, it is really, really difficult. And I'm like, I struggle, but like the combat system and stuff is so fun. And I think surely there's a way to get more people playing the game. Like, Well, clearly the problems with me to begin with. I never, I was never bringing any salt to Dark Souls. No, I mean, but you were saying... Ben was Ben Wilson was saying I don't want to play Dark Souls. You were saying I don't have time. So surely there's. I also don't have time. Uh, yeah, well, but surely there's a <laughs> but way. But I have to... I have time for legitimate reasons like children. Ben just like <laughs> only wants to play Rocket League. Rocket That's League. It. Yeah, all I'm saying is that there's it's it's sad that like there's a couple of factors perhaps uh, that make the Souls games what they are perhaps, but ne- nevertheless do kind of put people off playing them or or. This ties of... in quite nicely with question number four, Jen. If you would like to ask it, not uh... to yourself. <laughs> Hello, Jen. This is Jen. Here is a question for you. Um, It's uh, from Martin Bowell on Facebook. He says, with the Souls series being considered nails, is it really? Or have gamers just gotten soft? I regularly play old games on the Mega Drive and NES, and a lot of those are tough. Um, I mean, as our resident old man... (laughs) How very dare you. I mean... Did you did you have a Mega Drive? You had yeah, a... well, did I have a Mega Drive? I well, still I still have one and play it regularly now. Do you really? And and what um, do you think difficulty? Yeah, was? games uh, games are hard on the Mega Drive. Gamers have definitely gone soft. Uh, the, the, there's a diff- the, the problem here is like so with something like Dark Souls, it's designed to be hard, uh, and that is a when you buy it, you've got a choice of you know what you get into. Do you want to go along with that, or do you want to like I did with two get out while you can? With older games, a lot of the time they were hard because of bad level design um, and the yeah. fact you couldn't patch things and that kind of thing so for example Sonic the last um, act of the first Sonic um, is just the reason you're constantly falling um, out of the world or the reason you're constantly drowning is because the levels aren't very, very well designed rather than because of some creative design that you might get from Dark Souls where you know you, like you, you know there's a risk reward factor you know that like if you Lose your souls, do you go back and try and get them or do you just move on with Yeah, them? and that's part of the game. And exactly then things that. are difficult, but there's also plenty of ways to get around it. It's not just like, oh, this is difficult for the sake of it. <laughs> but, you know, in the, uh, uh, but I think there is an element of truth to the fact that games have gone soft, but that's not that that's a sad thing, but not necessarily a bad thing. Mm. In that, if you look at something like GTA, again, talking about how it was designed, so the early GTAs, three, two. Vice City, even, two, you know, going yeah, right back to two, is like in three or it, actually even in, in four. If you failed a mission, mission three quarters of the way through, go then right you have to go to right back to the start. No checkpoints. And so, although you can say that there's a little bit more handholding in five, for instance, where because of the negative reaction of us babies to going, <laughs> it's too hard, don't like it, 
um, that has actually had have some had some positive effects in, in modern coding, where there are uh, you, you know uh, a few um, m- many more, in fact, occasions where developers, I guess, pander to us babies. But sometimes that's a good thing, I think. Well, everyone's everyone's out to have fun in video games, I mean, exactly, and some exactly. people some people yeah. have fun by being able to pick it up and and having those checkpoints and not getting frustrated, and some people kind of masochistically want to be like a bit frustrated and they kind of they enjoy that and you know like i'm i'm a gamer like that and but yeah it's about having those options for everyone to have fun now that you're deep into souls do you find it more rewarding because of the high level of difficulty that's one of the key reasons yes. people love it. Is yes, because, of that. because at first I was like, this isn't fair. Yeah. <laughs> and and now I'm like, every time I die, I'm like, well, that was my fault. That was my fault. Right. And like, that is a sign of a good game for me. And that was that was why like Super Meat Boy's always been one of my like, What's weird is though, the other end of the spectrum, I want my sports games to be really hard and realistic and I want to earn yeah, the win. So I guess it it's just, genre maybe it depends genre. on the genre you're into, yeah. what your interests are. I also, I also feel as well, it's not just Dark Souls. Like Dark Souls has made its reputation. Over the last few years, you've had Super Meat Boy, Crypt of the Necrodancer, Rayman Legends. Like There is a whole... Hotline Miami. Hotline Miami theme. is absolutely nails as you get close to the end. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely... Uh, some, some developers have reacted to this idea that games are getting softer by making their games... Harder, but maintaining the element of fairness that is so critical mm. to uh, that's the thing. I guess it, they can't be arbitrarily hard. They've got to be hard for a, a reason that gives you that sense of achievement at, at, yeah. at the end. Exactly, and that's good game design rather than yes. just oh, it's because it's broken, therefore it's difficult. Who did either of you play? Um, I think it was PS One. I had the Harry Potter games, like the uh, it was uh, Philosopher's Stone and Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. How difficult were they? They had these like platforms where you had to like jump on them and like collect the every flavor beans, and they were just like needlessly slippy. It was like Hogwarts was like covered in freaking ice, like, and it was so frustrating. Oh my gosh, it was the worst, and it was just hard for like just being badly designed, but it was still fun. The <laughs> hardest game I, I've ever played, I think, was um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the Amstrad CPC four six four plus. And I uh, hilariously, this question—it's hilarious that this question has come up because I was actually watching a walkthrough of it the other day because I could only ever do about three levels and I genuinely wondered did anyone ever finish that game and I found a <laughs> walkthrough on YouTube where I discovered that the only way you could really do it is by um, so in certain areas if you went far enough away from like a location then went back then all the things would regenerate so extra lives and oh, stuff yeah. so, so the only way you like could really do it stuff, yeah. was, com- was by Just farming grind. stuff you know like way before it's time because oh. it, they made a game so difficult that if you tried to play it just legitimately with three lives and normal energy, oh, it was impossible. It was kind of like that with Metroid, like Super Metroid. There were like um, bits before the bosses where you could kind of go off screen and like things would regen. You would just have to like farm health before you went to the boss. Uh, it was crazy. And that's what I mean about like old games were harder, but a lot of the time it was because of thoughtless just bad design, design yeah. rather than because they were they were deliberately constructed yeah. that way. Mm. And nowadays I think that like when you see these examples of Dark Souls or Hotline Miami or Super Meat Boy, you get the feeling designers are... Um, doing this with like, but but still trying to think out how can we make this a rewarding experience? Yeah. Not not let's just throw something together. If it's tough, then tough. Yeah, exactly. Um, question five. Yeah, there's no real segue Benton, here. Do the honors. There's no segue here. There's we'll no segue nicely. No segue this time. Just no. just straight in your face. Get ready. If this was a little <laughs> hoverboard, we'd be flat on our face right now. Uh, Declan McKinney asks, "How can you get into gaming journalism?" And I feel like this would be. We've all got had different paths and we've all had diff- we we're from different generations as well don't we I are. Say. so things might have changed a lot um 
Even I'll, though I'll I'm Jen, only Jen, two years older than Jen, we are from different generations. Because <laughs> Jen's had to answer different every question planets. first, then maybe... As um, I, I I the old timer, I'll go first, and then we can see how Lay your the foundation. Uh, your experience is different. And I probably told this story way way back on the podcast. But as I am so old, old as the podcast itself, <laughs> um, I will repeat myself. So I basically um, I went to a place called City University in London and did a journalism degree, a fairly unconventional route to get into it these days, I think. Um, and from there, um, the degree actually didn't matter that much. I actually um, it was it was the fact that. During the degree, you were encouraged to get and get work experience that really um, paid dividends for me. Where I got work experience at a TV company um, called Where It's At, um, and uh, did all their games writing and sports writing. Established some contacts there, and from one of those contacts, I got a job at uh, Jen. Don't laugh. I got a job at Bliss Magazine. <laughs> indeed, um, and through another contact, I got some freelance games writing um, at Nickelodeon. Nice. Um, which was quite the juggle, Bliss versus Nickelodeon. <laughs> um, so on the so my career path went from uh, at a company called EMAP, um, which is still around now, uh, called I can't remember the name. That's terrible of me. Um, but yeah, uh, I basically started out on Bliss. Then I went to More. Jen don't laugh. Um, do you remember Bliss and More? I do. Okay. Vaguely. Yeah, these are my fuzzy, fuzzy my first steps on the road to gaming journalism. <laughs> would you believe? And then I ended up at a men's weekly magazine called Zoo. Um, and again, did uh, all their sport, uh, all their game stuff, and a lot of their sports stuff. Um, and uh, wanted a, a sort of change of environment. I'd lived and worked in London all my life, uh, and so in 2005, uh, I'd always been really into PlayStation. Uh, in 2005, a job came up on official PlayStation Two magazine as games editor. Jen's still laughing about Bliss and More. I can see. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is why this, this is like reasons, the giggliest podcast one ever. One of the reasons just... that uh, my nickname has in the past was Big Gay Ben. Oh, not, um, not, that bliss, my not blissful taste. Ben. Not blissful Ben. <laughs> let's not start that. Yeah, let's. He start can be that. blissful Ben. Oh. Um, uh, and yeah, so I, I applied for a job on official PlayStation Two. I thought I'll come down for a couple of years, experience uh, you know journalism outside of London, you know, and um, sort of cut my teeth in terms of proper hardcore PlayStation audience, which is, uh, you know, a big love of mine at the time and, and remains so to this day. Um, and 11 years on, here I am having uh, worked my way up the ladder, been editor for five years, gone away, done a bit of freelance. And obviously now I'm back for, for uh, Mr. Matt Pellet, Matt Pellet for a couple of months and very much enjoying it. That that was like a, that was the TLDR version. <laughs> it was still probably too long. It's, uh, it's funny. It's funny you said how it's an unconventional route doing a journalism degree because weirdly enough that is what I did oh, as well. Okay, well there you go. Yeah, uh, I, I studied at um, Bournemouth University for three years. Uh, I got work experience at Games Radar uh, across that time and then after I did my degree... Um, you accosted me in a bar in, a, in I did. In yeah. Give me a job. <laughs> when I was, when I was a, a writer for 7-Bit Arcade, which is unfortunately no longer with us, I ended up going to an event and uh, bumping into Ben and saying... Oh hello! I really love the magazine. How do you? How do I get to work for it and such stuff? Uh, I, I hope I gave it. nice answers. I'm here now, so clearly, yeah. <laughs> clearly they. This was the like, this, genuinely. This was many years ago. Now this would have been even. I was I was young then. It was that long ago. <laughs> I would. It would have been maybe 2011, possibly 2012. Um, but it was. Uh, yeah, I think I think the main thing with gaming journalism is that there's no prescribed route. It's just start writing and don't stop. And, um, and, and get better and be good. Uh, yeah. Like there's, there's, um, I, I, I can't um, emphasize this enough that when I've advertised for staff writers in the past, we've had 130, 150, 200 applications and being absolutely truthful, maybe 
seven, eight, nine of those are good enough to write for a magazine full time. You've got to, you've got to have a spark, and you've really got to hone your craft. And you know, if you're out there wanting to get into this, then um, you know, start a blog, practice every day, get all the advice you can. Um, but you've also got to um, talk to people, get get honest feedback from people, and um, it is it. It seems easy. Everyone wants to be a, not just a game journalist, but you know, you see this in sports or film. Everyone thinks they can write about, um, you know, things that are out there. Everyone can call themselves a writer in this day of social media. It is actually a hard skill. And if you're not dedicated to it and you don't take it seriously and don't approach people for honest feedback, then, um, it will be a tough road getting a job in a, in a really competitive industry. Uh, Jen. Me. Yes. Yeah. I feel like maybe I did everything wrong <laughs> going to gaming journalism because I didn't do a journalism, a journalism degree. I did an English degree at UCL, which was still incredible for learning how to write and like critically. Um, but basically I did, and I know kind of Ben did this too. Um, ben T. Ben T. Benny T. Sorry. Tyra. There's two Bens. But um, I basically sort of didn't really get work experience. I know Ben got loads at Games Radar. I put myself out there writing for blogs, and I know Ben wrote for blogs as well, and I feel like this day and age, it's a really, really good way to just keep writing. Like you guys say, it's all about just writing all the time, practicing, um, getting feedback. I wrote for some great blogs, like under some great sort of like, um, sort of casual part-time editors who are awesome. I wrote for ind13.com. I wrote for vexoid.com and just worked with loads of people who, um, wanted to help me progress as a writer. And I kind of, um, did all that myself. I was, I just like sent out tweets and was like, oh, I want to write for your blog. And you know, they're kind of like small time, but they were great sort of environments to learn from really like other creative people as well. Um, and I wrote for like the tab, which was like an online journalism thing at uni. And I sent myself to charity gaming events and, and basically just got out there and without really picking up any work experience at magazines or websites and was just kind of doing the blogs thing. Um, and a lot, along with kind of my training at uni, just learnt how to write really well, I think. And I, I, ju I just loved it and I wanted to do it all the time. And I made myself, you know, I was like, I'm going to do a, a, a blog post for Indie at IND13. And I'm going to do a blog post for Vexoid every week. And I made myself do it every week. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to let myself off. I think you have to be super self-disciplined, especially if you're going to go down that route. And also what you were saying about a spark as well. Um, I think that's a really important thing in a really competitive industry. And if you love games as well, and if you're, if you're writing you know, cover letters and applications, like without being too wacky. I think there's a way to be like, look, I really want this, like, and I, I can do like something special. And, and, and my story with this is when I applied for this job at official PlayStation magazine, um, I knew Matt Peller, I'd read the mag for a good while. Um, and I knew he loved secrets and so did I. Um, so I thought I was writing my cover letter and I was like, this is really boring. And I was like, what, what can I do to like grab people's attention? And I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to put an acrostic in my cover letter where the first line of every, the first letter of every line spells out like a message. That's very good. That's um, good. And uh, my favorite, one of my favorite games ever of all time, my favorite series is Bioshock, the first Bioshock and the Bioshock series. Um, so With a lowercase s. <laughs> yeah, ex well, stylized in our magazine. Um, she but, hates that. But what I did was spelled out acrostically in my cover letter uh, down the side, 
space and everything, would you kindly hire me? Because then I figured they couldn't refuse because in the game, would you kindly is, is the phrase, spoilers, uh, that basically makes uh, the protagonist like have to do stuff. It's like a an activation phrase. So I was like, well, they can't say no um, and send it off. And it, it worked. And I walked into my interview and Matt Pellet had highlighted down the side <laughs> the, uh, the acrostic. So yeah, I think, I think work really hard write a lot just be passionate about what you're writing about hone your craft and like stand out like because there's a million other people who also want to write about games for good reason it's awesome yeah and i think (laughs) similar story louise blaine who's someone uh, i hired for um official playstation and is now doing great things on games radar and has carved out a really successful games career for herself um was a similar thing where she came in with a video and it was a, a load of you know different things she'd achieved in her career. It's something I, I hadn't seen presented to me at a job interview before, um, having sat through many of them back in the day on Zoom and then at official PlayStation. And the last message was um you know you know kind of like it was like the the th- I'd asked I asked everyone to come in with three ways they'd improve official PlayStation magazine. The first two were um, you know really good strong ideas for the magazine. The third one was just on this video slide was just hire me. And, you know, that's exactly it. It's having a bit about yourself, doing something unconventional, being, I, I think we're all uh, a little bit, can we say odd? You know, like, like normality is boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, completely. have something about you, have a have a character, not a cartoon character, but, you know, something that, that makes you different from the rest. And, and also, I think the other thing I'd say is find a niche. Um, you know, the reason I can't talk in depth about something like Dark Souls is because, uh, A, it's hard, and B, I would be the first one to admit it's not my genre. So, you know, I, I, I write a lot about sports. I'm sports writer for Games Radar. Um, pick two or three things you're an expert on and really know the hell out of them. Yeah. Um, I never believe someone comes into, if someone comes into, John, uh, come, someone comes into a job interview and I say, uh, you know, what games, what are your interests, what games are you really into? And they go, all of them. I know that's not, the, the, like you might well be into all of them, but you can't be into all of them to the level that you're going to have to write about them. Yeah. You're best Detail. off knowing two or three genres and knowing the, f-u-c-k out of them and like you know there, there aren't that many great rpg writers in this industry if you know rpgs and you can write well about them there is a, a gap for you there um you know like it, it's it's all about not spreading yourself too thin having a level of expertise in what you're talking about or writing about and like i say just trying to make yourself stand out from the pack without looking like a complete loon. idiot yeah. yeah i think <laughs> hope that hope, hope the, hopefully there's some sage advice in there Obviously, one of us has to be the exception to that rule. And, yeah, normal uh, Ben. <laughs> it says normal Ben, who, ben. who yesterday for lunch had ten sausages. Yeah, that was from, that's yeah, definitely normal. That's definitely mass, mass eating is not a character. It's incredible. It's like a sport. It's, it's not a sport. Watching you down ten sausages, I was like, I can't believe it was like an endurance test. It was incredible. I wanted to like hand print you a t-shirt just, can i just say please <laughs> anyone listen to this, who's heard all that advice please do not go into like a job interview for a right with, with like a plate of 10 sausages and go hey or 11 this. sausages no, i'm check better this than, out. Say, than tyra. say nothing i can't at all the times last question jorge daniel salas does not have a question in fact he says not a question but actual fact you guys bro oh. i just like there's exclamation marks there so i really felt i had to Enunciate. nail the delivery <laughs> oh um, thanks jorge you will really... too 
You do rule, Jorge. That is, that is, uh, that is very nice of you An to actual say. fact, you rule. Everyone rules. Like, we've got some really good questions. Did he, de- did he definitely send that in the last five weeks? He might have meant it for Pellet. And yeah, I'm just, that's like, true. I'm just no, basking in his words. Like, oh, reflected oh, glory. Don't worry, you've got the Facebook <laughs> time I count stamp. for now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I matter. Yeah, well, thanks for all your questions, guys. It's been re- a really good one, I think. We've got some meaty, meaty answers going just on. Yeah, a bit of, um, some, just like some, the sausages. Some laughs and some Benny genuinely team. helpful, insightful information. Can I also say, actually, if you want to be a writer, don't use exclams. Like, limit yourself to, like, <laughs> oh, one, one exclamation. How many How many? Oh, no, sorry, used? I didn't mean that because <laughs> of Jorge. But, but genuinely, like, there's so many little things that you can eliminate, like, really simply eliminate. Don't write with exclamation marks unless something genuinely is, like, I still really get shocking. told off about that all the time. Don't, so I, don't well, worry. Well, I don't notice it in your copy. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's because Matt Pellet's like, gone please in. don't use exclams. Okay. I'm like, I'm trying. Don't, don't write, Everything's just exciting. <laughs> don't write things like, you know, stunning or epic unless things are stunning or epic. Visceral. Like, do something, you know... Visceral. <laughs> do not write the word visceral. When there's something. Vi- Look up the word visceral and only use it if something genuinely is visceral. Um, oh boy! There's those these little things <laughs> where uh, you know, like we have a, a list of them. Um, or certainly band in my words. day, we had a list of banned words mm-hmm. that I still see regularly. Uh, like these guys are really good at avoiding them, but I still see regularly them. I still see them used regularly, regularly on the internet. Um, and yeah, just try and cut out like or, like anything like that where it's overused and is just like not true. Um, you know, avoid stuff like that. I've gone off on a weird tangent. So uh, let's round this thing up. I should remind everyone that uh, it is your last chance to buy issue 122 of official PlayStation magazine. Uh, it's our Uncharted special and we've got a massive, massive 24-page retrospective on the series. If you're an Uncharted fan, this mag is an absolute love letter. But it's not all Uncharted as well. We've got some amazing previews in there as well. Game I'm really excited for, Dangerous Golf, being made by the guys at Freefield who also had a hand in the old Burnout series. It's a really strong issue. Um, please do go out and buy it. You've got about a week to do so. And then we're on to uh, issue one, two, three. And as I say, we will have a podcast live on the 10th of May to tie in with that issue. Uh, there's two really exciting things in there that are so secrets. top secret. We Super can't even secret. talk or hint about them. Um, in the meantime, you can uh, check us out on Twitter at OPM underscore UK and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash official PlayStation magazine. Otherwise, um, we'll see you on the 10th of May. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.